Welcome to another edition of Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Uh, this is Wags, and with me, as always, is Dane. It's getting to be that time of year, December in Lambo. It is definitely here, Dane. Uh, we are back home this week to take on a frisky Carolina Panthers team. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Wags. Uh, ten and three Packers versus the four and nine Carolina Panthers. Saturday night football, Wags, which is a which is a new one. I, I haven't experienced this very often. I had to do a double take um, uh, after Sunday. You know, you know me, Wags. I don't like to look ahead on the calendar. So after we we took care of business last week, I looked and I was like, Saturday, Saturday. So we're playing Saturday, and I, I'm just really excited for this game. I mean, not not very often do you get a 10-win season, but to still have a few games to go and the chance to just keep uh, keep pace uh, with with a Saints team and maybe overtake uh, a New Orleans Saints team and 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 just really get out front as being the number one seed in the NFC. It's a special season. Aaron Rodgers is having an incredible year, so um, I'm excited to get this game underway. But you said it. Uh, this Panthers team is not going to lie down whatsoever. So um, I think they're a dangerous team. I think they're a team that can pose some problems. And I think it's going to be a really fun matchup to watch on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. This is a uh, a team that seems to be very well coached in uh, head coach uh, Matt Rule's first year. Uh, they're uh, learning both a new offensive and defensive system. Um, it will be interesting. Uh, apparently, their defensive scheme, uh, they do some things that not a lot of other teams in the NFL do, uh, according to offensive coordinator uh, Nathaniel Hackett. So uh, they definitely had to, you know, make some specific um, adjustments uh, going into this one. And, and uh, they've uh, had to probably do a little extra preparation in their game planning. Um, the Carolina Panthers, uh, throw this record out. We keep trying to convince folks, throw the records out. Um, I know that nationally, Packers, uh, now that they're in the number one seed position, have invited a little bit more scrutiny about the mm-hmm. schedules. Uh, and there may be some merit to that. And we always say the Packers can't control uh, what other teams are doing and, and who's on their schedule. They just have to go out there and take care of business. Uh, but in, in this case, the Panthers have, have really had a, a pretty tough schedule uh, in the opponents when you go and take a look at it and they've been very competitive uh, you know against some tough teams they they played uh, the Saints and and the Chiefs uh, were uh, less than a field goal uh, an outcome um, you know they they did get blown out by the Buccaneers a couple of times but um, you know you go down the list uh, they played a ton of teams with winning records um, and uh, they've been tough even with the Christian McCaffrey missing a ton of time, yeah. and uh, it looks like he's doubtful for this week. Uh, so the Panthers, uh, while he may be out, uh, they've been extremely competitive and, and playing some pretty darn good football, even if they haven't been able to get over the hump 
and win some of those close games. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and, and uh, I, I think a guy to really look at when we, you know, when we start to talk about this team is somebody that I think a lot of Packer fans are, are very uh, knowledgeable of, and that's first year uh, for, for Carolina, at least, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. He's a guy that I, I got to think, Wags, some Vikings fans are probably scratching their heads wondering why he's not still in Minnesota instead of paying as much money as they have to uh, the current quarterback there in Kirk Cousins. But, um, you know, he, he he's not going to necessarily kill you with the deep ball, but he's very accurate quarterback. He's a guy that can move around in the pocket. Um, he's still not uh, not that old of a quarterback, and I mean, I think he's been pretty darn impressive this year, all things considering. I think uh, you, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey being unable to go for most of the season with a, a couple uh, different injuries, and I think that that's a huge disappointment for this team. Uh, but they do still do some things well, and and I think that that's uh, one of the things that really poses a concern for me is Bridgewater. Um, you know, is not afraid to make uh, the quick read. He's not uh, afraid to get the ball out of his hands. And on the outside, he's got some talented wide receivers in DJ Moore and in Robbie Anderson in particular, and Curtis Samuel, who's really come along uh, this season for Carolina. So they do have some weapons and, and wags. I think that, you know, as we look at Carolina, that's where they can beat you. Uh, going into Sunday, I'm not as concerned actually with the running game and with the Mike Davis as I, I yeah, have been in past weeks with some of these other teams' run games. But I do think that Teddy Bridgewater can just dink and dunk enough that it, it's going to potentially give us a little bit of heartburn on Sunday. Or excuse me, Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't 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 miss, don't uh, go to bed early on Saturday, day and forget about this game. Uh, you'd wake up pretty sad on Sunday morning. Uh, I think you're right on. And, and, and what what Teddy Bridgewater's done uh, very well is distribute the football to those weapons. Uh, where I think they really miss. Uh, McCaffrey the most is in the red zone. They've been effective yeah. in moving the ball up and down the field. Um, Bridgewater's been very accurate. Um, you know, I haven't watched enough of the Panthers this year to tell you, um, if, if a lot, if that has been mostly uh, in shorter uh, passing situations or if he's been as effective moving the ball, um, uh, vertically deeper down the field. Uh, but he's, He's completing uh, uh, his passes at a 70% rate. Um, you know, they're pretty efficient um, in the upper third uh, in yards per attempt. Um, so, you know, this is, uh, you said it, some some very dangerous weapons uh, in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Both of those guys can uh, stretch it vertically. They're speedsters. Uh, they can hurt you uh, with some crossing routes. Uh, so the Packers are going to have to be prepared because they're going to want to try to uh, get them in space um, and allow them to uh, catch the football on the move so they can use their speed to get some yards after the catch. Um, so being able to tackle well uh, will be incumbent this week. I think the defense has been pretty solid um, here of late uh, with their tackling, but uh, we definitely can't afford to slip up with that this week uh, with those weapons that they have. Uh, because one missed tackle could be all she wrote. Uh, they could be uh, going 70 yards to the house uh, if they're not, uh, you know, um, taking the right uh, lanes and uh, and making those uh, plays at the point of attack. So um, 
Uh, Dane, you know, you you mentioned you're not as concerned about the Panthers running game. Uh, it, it would be Mike Davis, I, I believe, if if the McCaffrey is is indeed out. Um, he he came in and and looked pretty good in the first few games uh, that he replaced uh, Christian, but I think he's he's worn down a little bit. Uh, he's gotten yeah. a little bit more work than uh, he's used to or has throughout his career. So it appears that that has probably affected his play a little bit uh, these last three, four weeks. Uh, but that being said, uh, you know, it, the Packers need to make sure that they continue to build on what they did last week against Detroit. I think that was uh, definitely their strongest uh, game of the season against the run. Uh, so if they're able to come in and make the Carolina Panthers one-dimensional, um, while Teddy's done a, a pretty solid job, uh, he tends to be a little bit inconsistent at times. Um, and uh, if they're unable to be effective in the red zone, I don't see uh, this Panthers offense being able to keep up in this one. Yeah, I agree with you, Wags. And, and that's the thing about Bridgewater. I have a lot of respect for him, um, you know, I, I, coming back from the injury that he, he came back from. And even in his time in Minnesota, he always made me nervous when he was starting quarterback for the Vikings. Um, I, I, I thought he was a really nice signing from, from Carolina when they signed him as well because, you know, bringing him in with uh, with the Christian McCaffrey you're bringing him in. You're not asking him to, to you know, just own the room, so to speak, and be the superstar. You want him to be efficient. You want him to be able to make the throws you ask of him. And then you give it to your superstar, which is Christian McCaffrey. Unfortunately for Carolina, um, you know, McCaffrey has been unable to go. So that's where, you know, he's gotten into a little bit of trouble here this year. And that's, I think... Um, shows where the record comes in because with all due respect to Mike Davis, he, he's just not Christian McCaffrey. He's a nice, um, secondary back. He's a guy who can do some nice things. He's got soft hands. He's a pretty good pass blocker. He does some of those things. Um, but he's not your, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a top three running back in the NFL. Um, so, uh, to your point, I think if we can take away the run game early, and really put it uh, on Bridgewater's shoulders to try to carry this team, he might do some things. He might be able to complete some passes. Uh, heck, they might even get some points out of it. But I just don't see a scenario, and I'm curious what you think, but I don't see a scenario where Teddy Bridgewater can outduel Aaron Rodgers, especially when Aaron Rodgers is playing at the level that he's playing right now. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. However, uh, the Panthers, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they want to do. If you have to uh, look at no further than the Lions game last week, I don't think the Lions have near the talent right now, especially with the injuries they have on the defensive side of the ball, um, to realistically, in if they had ten matchups against the Packers, I think I think we would win going away in, in a number of those matchups yeah. and win most, if not all. I mean, I'm just going to say it. They'd win nine out of ten. I'll, I'll give Detroit one out of ten. Uh, <laughs> they're good enough to do that. Um, yeah. But what they did really well uh, in the first half particularly was not so much stop Aaron Rodgers and the Packers' offense, but with their offense, they were able to control the clock, even when they didn't score in every possession. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's really what you have to do. So 
um, even if you don't have a effective run game, which Detroit did not, um, if Teddy Bridgewater is able to complete some passes and keep those chains moving, put some long drives together, uh, he doesn't have to necessarily get in a shootout with Aaron Rodgers. He just has to try to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I think that's what Carolina is going to try to do. And when you look at some of the close matchups they had, um, in particular, uh, look at the uh, first the matchups against the Saints and the Chiefs. Uh, those are two teams that you wouldn't expect Carolina to put up a bunch of points and keep close. Uh, but uh, they were able to do that by being efficient, not turning the ball over, uh, and um, and controlling the clock to a certain extent, uh, so that uh, you know Drew Brees and and uh, Patrick Mahomes, respectively, don't get extra possessions uh, by turning it over, and uh, don't don't get to um, uh, get out there and have extra opportunities uh, when you're going three and out and punting the ball away um, and uh, giving those opposing offenses extra possessions in the, in the course of the game. So uh, I think certainly um, the Panthers uh, are going to be trying to do that. Now, whether they're able to be successful or not uh, will be incumbent on what the Packers are doing defensively. So, Dane, why don't we uh, shift over to that side of uh, the equation here? Uh, what do you think is the key uh, for the Packers as a defense this week uh, against this Carolina Panthers offense? Yeah, I I can actually just really zero in on a couple players uh, on the Packers' end of it. Uh, one of the good news is uh, here, Wags, I think, is the fact that our injury report, while long, I don't see a lot of major concern on this list. I, I do know that uh, Jay Sternberger is going to be out again, and uh, uh, Stepaniak, uh, our, our guard from Indiana, is not going to be playing this week. But um, as a whole, this is a pretty healthy roster, and that's very exciting. Um, somebody that I want to see have a big bounce-back performance is Kevin King uh, at the cornerback position. I thought Jair Alexander played another phenomenal game last week. But Kevin King was uh, a little up and a little down uh, at times, and uh, I thought showed some struggles, was beat on a couple plays. He He's had some, some significant issues this year on some slant routes uh, and on some of those kind of coverages here and there. So uh, I would like to um, see Kevin King really step up this week uh, and, and play, I think, a, a better game uh, against uh, whoever he's playing against, whether it's DJ uh, or, or or the uh, or the other wideout. Forgive me, his name escapes me right now. Um, that they brought over from the Jets, um, but but I, I want to see um, Kevin King have a better performance because uh, it doesn't matter how good Jair Alexander performs if the the Panthers are able to exploit the other side of the field. So um, that's who I'm really kind of circling right now uh, as a guy who can step up because if he has a nice game, uh, I, I have no concern about Jair Alexander on the other side. And um, and then from there, I think this defense is good enough to really um, limit the, the explosive plays from Carolina. I think our pass rush is going to be formidable. Uh, against this offensive line from Carolina. So I feel good there, uh, but I really, really am hoping that Kevin King can um, show a little bit more 
uh, and show what I think he's capable of doing. Look a little bit more like 2019 Kevin King this week than 2020 because um, we're going to need him to do that this week, but also down the stretch. Yeah, and Kevin seems to be a guy that, you know, when he gets a little bit nicked up, it's almost like, uh, you know, he loses a little bit of confidence in yeah. in, in his ability. And, you know, I, I get that when you're fully healthy, you're going to feel a little bit better. And, but, um, you know, I think we just need to see him be out, go out there and be aggressive and, you know, use his size uh, and mix it up a little bit. And, I mean, if he gets called for a holding penalty or two um, but is able to, you know, be a little bit more effective overall, I think I think we would live with that. I'm not rooting for a penalty, but um, it's almost like taking a charge in basketball. Sometimes you just have to – or setting an illegal screen. Sometimes <laughs> if you're not getting called for one or two every once in a while, maybe you're not playing quite as aggressively as you could. Um, so, you know, I'm not suggesting just to be grabby for the sake of it, but um, I would like to see Kevin, you know, get back to what he was doing earlier this season and last year as well, uh, and that was being a, a bit more aggressive uh, in playing the ball. Um, and using his instincts uh, instead of giving that such a big cushion um, uh, to these opposing wide receivers. It seems like he just is not sure about getting behind deep. So <laughs> I don't want to suggest that he's completely lost confidence or he's, he doesn't mm-hmm. have the ability to uh, you know, recover uh, if someone tries to go over the top on him. Uh, but uh, perhaps uh, the coaching staff needs to do a, a little bit more to um, give him a, a, some extra support as well so that he feels confident in getting up uh, closer to the line of scrimmage. So I think another key on the defensive side of the ball is going to be Christian Kirksey this week uh, at the inside linebacker position. Uh, this Carolina team, as you mentioned earlier, is really going to, with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, try to um, – be effective in the short yardage passing game. And uh, I think they're going to try to send some guys over the middle on some crossing rat patterns, uh, perhaps uh, kind of uh, set some de facto legal picks. Um, and that's that's going to be something that uh, they're going to want to try to exploit a little bit. So uh, Christian has been, you know, he's been up and down a little bit as well, uh, as you mentioned, Kevin King, um, since he came back from injury. And so, I think we really need to see him have a strong performance this week. Uh, and if he's able to do that, that could really be the difference between forcing this Carolina uh, offense into uh, punting the ball and fourth down and them picking up some, some third down situations. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and say my magic number this week is if this Packers defense is able to force Carolina into greater than three and a half punts, um, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a situation that could tilt uh, this one uh, more decidedly in the Packers' favor. Wags, you mentioned the inside linebacker position. So I was reading a, a PackerNews.com article, and, and I, I want to hear your take on this, and, I, and I'm curious. Uh, I know you and I both really like what Chris Barnes, the, the rookie from UCLA, has been able to do. Um Packersnews.com is calling for Chris Barnes to 
um, basically replace Christian Kirksey and, and to get more opportunities at the inside linebacker spot uh, going forward throughout the rest of the season. Uh, and, um, and actually uh, Tom Silverstein as well uh, has been making the case uh, to, to um, make Kirksey a little bit more of a part-time uh, inside linebacker. So I'm, I'm curious, your read, do you think that Chris Barnes should be getting more run? I know you love Kamal Martin as well. We've got some young guys. Is it time for a youth movement in Green Bay? All right, that's a good question. I get the sense that they're probably going to go with the more experienced guy as they're getting close to the playoffs here. Um, I, you know, uh, Christian Kirksey very well may not be in the long-term plan of the Packers. In fact, I, I know he isn't. Um, and his first season uh, hasn't been uh, probably up to what they were hoping. But, uh, you know, he, he, I, he, I think, can can still get there. Um, I, I don't know. I think that's a, it's a hard question to answer. Um, I suppose if you're going to make the change, now is the time to do it. You've got three games left in the regular season. Uh, both of those guys have gotten some field time, so it's not like they're completely inexperienced. We've seen what Chris Barnes can do earlier this season when he was unexpectedly thrust into a pretty big role, um, and I think he did an, a great job. Um, he also um, had some uh, inconsistency as well. Um, so it, it's tough to say. I, I think what I would like to see is maybe get them both out there a, a little bit more. And, and perhaps in some situations, um, you know, we talked about having a, a guy like uh, uh, Raven Green, who's now out on the IR in that hybrid role. Uh, maybe uh, Chris Barnes, who's not, necessarily a he's definitely not a safety but he has played some safety in his past um before he moved to a linebacker and, and kind of uh but he's not the biggest guy i don't know that i would like him uh mashed up again in a situation where he would have to cover a wide receiver in coverage in fact i'm going to say i would not like that situation uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, it would be interesting to see if there's an opportunity to have all three of these guys out there. Uh, yes, we're three, four, and usually you only have two inside linebackers. Um, but perhaps that would be something to consider uh, if Chris Barnes could be uh, more of that hybrid guy in, in running situations, uh, bring a, a little bit more physicality. Uh, we've seen how uh, he performs. Uh, he racked up a bunch of tackles. Uh, he's able to attack downhill. Um, and, you know, and then you still have the benefit of the experience. I think where Christian Kirksey's struggling a little bit is he doesn't have the speed that he did earlier in his career. Um, and I wasn't super high on Blake Martinez, as you know, but I, I do wonder now if, um, this scheme is asking a little bit too much of these inside linebackers in terms of the amount of ground that they need to cover uh, in passing situations. Um, so, um, or perhaps they need to get Christian Kirksey off the field in those passing situations. Um, and Chris Barnes could be the guy that's getting more run. So I'm sorry, I'm not giving a real strong answer either way. I, I think we've got three guys that should be on the field. I would not take Christian Kirksey off the field. Um, I think he can bring a lot. 
uh, from a leadership and experience standpoint. And I haven't seen his play suffer to the point that I'm throwing up my hands and saying he needs to be taken out of there. So, um, you know, uh, can he do better? Uh, yes, but um, I, uh, the mistakes I've seen from him have been in being aggressive, and Kamal Martin's the same way. Um, so I can live with some correct, aggressive mistakes. Um, those can be corrected uh, still at this point, and, and hopefully uh, we can continue to see some progression and improvement um, from those guys as well as this defense overall as we get near the end of the regular season. Do you think we're going to be able to exploit the uh, the offensive line of the Carolina Panthers? I, I'm I'm reading through and I've been kind of studying up on Carolina. Looks like their second year guard Dennis Daly is doubtful. Uh, they put Little on the IR. Greg Little, who's uh, one of their offensive tackles, uh, their left tackle Russell Okum is uh, listed as questionable with a calf injury. It's one of those injuries that's been lingering for him for for some time now. Um, is this a week, Wags, where you think that the the Packers pass rush is going to get um, get going again and and really uh, force the quarterback into some precarious situations? Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, I yeah. can turn it back over to you. That you know, the Panthers did give up four sacks to the Broncos last week, um, so you know they've done a, a fairly decent job. I'd say they're middle of the pack in protecting uh, mm-hmm. the quarterback and, and giving up sacks. I, I think Teddy, you know, is he's not really. I wouldn't call him a. He's definitely not a running quarterback uh, to the point that you know he maybe was expecting to be early in his career because I think he tries to, you know, make sure he's not putting himself in a position to to suffer significant injuries. But he can be, you know, he can move around pretty well um, and, and, and hurt you with his legs occasionally um, if the pocket breaks down. Um, so, you know, they're going to have to be mindful of that. But, um, Dane, do you see a particular matchup you like uh, from – uh, the Packers' perspective, uh, in, 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 is there something that you're looking uh, specifically for uh, any p- particular player to step up? Um, as we mentioned, that two of our other position groups, or how do you think we need to get there to get this done? Yeah, no, I, I, that's a good question. You know, I, I look across the board, and they're not a bad unit right, this offensive line, but they're not a particularly good unit either. And I and I don't mean that to be, um, you know, like a homer for the Packers by any stretch, but I, I mean, I have quite a bit of respect for um, for Matt Paradis, their their center. He, he's a nice center. Uh, Russell Coons had a really nice career uh, in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, I, I look at Taylor Morton at the right tackle position and John Miller at the right guard spot, and if Okung's unable to go, and we're looking at, you know, Trent Scott at their left tackle spot, um, I I really like the matchups across the board for the Packers. I, I think that this might be a really good week for both Smiths, actually. I think that they're going to, um, you know, Zadarius hasn't had the consistent game-changing ability this year that he did in previous years. He's still been very, very solid and very good at times, and, and he's a very good pass rusher for us. But we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, extra attention, I think, is going his way this season. And that's allowed for guys like Kingsley Kiki and Rashawn Gary and others uh, to come through. Even some of our defensive backs have had some really nice plays for us this season. 
Um, so I think that the uh, – I don't necessarily see a matchup on this board, Wags, that I'm, like, licking my chops maybe, like, last week or in previous weeks, especially against the Eagles, where I was like, shoot, we're going to just have a field day. Uh, but I do think that we're going to be able to get enough pressure – uh, with our pass rush here that it, it is going to make for a long day for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and I, I actually think that our defensive line, um, e- even looking away from our rushers, our, our D line, I think, can have a very solid performance uh, uh, up the middle. It, 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 Chris Reed at guard and John Miller at guard. Um, Legs, I think that Tyler Lancaster and, and of course, Kenny Clark, and others are going to be able to clog the lanes, and that's going to make it for a really difficult run game uh, for Carolina. So I, I just like the matchup across the board, I guess. Uh, I know I'm not giving you a, a specific matchup, but I do like what we're going to be able to do this week. Okay, very good. Well, I think let's uh, move over to the other side of the ball then. Uh, this is the Carolina Panthers defense that – you know, they've been okay. Uh, they've really struggled at times against the pass, um, and they're not getting a lot of takeaways. So similar to the Packers' defense, um, unfortunately, they haven't been able to uh, tilt the field uh, by taking advantage of, of a lot of takeaways um, in the majority of their games this year. So, um, And, and they, they also don't really get after the quarterback all that well. They're one of the worst um, in the league in, in sacks and sack rates and pressures. So, um, you know, you have to like that from the Packers' standpoint. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, if they're able to continue to protect him as well as they have, uh, and this is not a, a Panthers defense that's able to get a lot of pressure to begin with, uh, if Aaron has time to throw, uh, that's going to be tough. I, I don't care how good uh, the second half of a defense is. And this, this Panthers' uh, pass defense uh, has struggled. Uh, they yeah. look no further than last week. Uh, Drew Locke uh, for the Broncos uh, torched this this defense. So, um, Dane, I think it starts uh, there, and it's hard to ignore uh, what's, what Aaron's been doing this year. So I see no reason the Panthers are going to be able to slow him down this week. Yeah, I agree, Wags. I um, so here's something that I, I was reading this week that's pretty impressive. So um, I think a lot of us know the analytics site Pro Football Focus. Uh, a lot of us, I think, kind of, um, you know, read what they say and grade out on, on players in any given week. Legs, um, talking about the Pro Bowl, the uh, Pro Football Focus has six Green Bay Packers, uh, that they think will make the Pro Bowl. It's uh, one defensive player uh, on the defense side of the ball, Jair Alexander, but the rest are offensive players, uh, Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon, Bakhtiari, and Corey Lindsley. Um, Lindsley, of course, is injured right now, but this is what I thought was really fascinating. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, Rodgers, Adams, Bakhtiari, Lindsley, and Alexander are all the top-graded players at their positions uh, in the conference. Pretty incredible stuff, right? So, um, you know, when when we start to break it down here, um, we've got Tanyan, uh, or excuse me, we've got Rogers, we've got Bakhtiari, and we've got Adams that are all top at their position in the conference going against the Carolina Panthers defense uh, that's had difficulty stopping the pass. Uh, that's your quarterback, that's your left tackle, that's your wide receiver. Um, I, uh, what this means to me is Devontae Adams is going to have an absolute monster game 
uh, against this Carolina Panthers defense. There's no way about it. Um, I look across the board, Wags, and I look at Carolina's defense, right? And, and I look at their corners. I look at their safeties. Uh, Trey Boston uh, can play some good football at times. Um, but, I, I mean, Dante Jackson and Rasul uh, Douglas, I just don't see – the horses that can keep up with Devontae Adams. Adams is having a monster season. Uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong or if you see something differently, uh, but I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to keep going at Devontae this week, and I just don't know what Carolina is going to be able to throw at this Packers offense that's going to be able to stop that. Yeah, I, I agree. And this is, um, you know, you look up front for Carolina, and Derek Brown is a, a very talented a defensive tackle uh, for the Panthers. And so he could be potentially disruptive up the middle at times, uh, but I, I don't think he's going to be able to single-handedly uh, be able to, uh, you know, cause enough problems up front uh, that the, that's going to affect what the Packers are trying to do. Um, I, I do expect he will be able to make some plays. Uh, you know, they have uh, some some decent Speed um, at the linebacker position, uh, but you know, uh, Tahir Whitehead uh, is a, a talented middle linebacker, but um, uh, uh, quite a bit of inexperience uh, overall. I think uh, across most of this defense, um, Trey Boston uh, is a guy that's been around the league a long time. I think he's trending down. Uh, he's on the downside of his career, um, so I, I don't think he has quite. He's a I'm, I, you know, I again, I haven't watched enough of him this year, but um, I, you know, he's a smart player. Um, I've seen him across his career. I just don't think he has necessarily the speed uh, to be a difference maker or disruptive on the back half anymore. And you see that in the lack of, of turnovers that this mm-hmm. secondary has forced and interceptions that they force. Um, so short of Aaron Rodgers, you know, suddenly kind of. Are having a outlier performance where he's throwing the ball to this Carolina's defense, um, I, I, I don't see how they're going to be able to uh, slow this Packer offense down either. Um, let's talk a little bit about the rushing attack then for the Packers and what Carolina uh, might try to do to slow that part of the game down. Um, do you think that this is going to be a, a big um, running week for Aaron Jones, or um, will it be pretty similar to what we've seen the last uh, few weeks, uh, where he's he's been getting his touches, but uh, nothing like a you know a twenty carry game or anything of that nature. Um, Jamal Williams has not really been getting quite as much work uh, the last four or five games as well. Um, they've both been involved, but I think we've definitely been a little bit more pass centered. Uh, mm-hmm. this last five or six weeks. So how do you see that game flow going this week? Um, you know, we got the, the run game going pretty well against the Bears, and we've been uh, efficient, uh, but definitely, um, you know, uh, have been passing the ball quite a bit as well. Well, Wags, and I, I want to hear your take on this too. I I really am impressed by Coach LaFleur and by Nathaniel Hackett on this front. I, I they realize that Aaron Rodgers is having an MVP type season and they're not trying to force anything that's not working. And, and I'm not saying that to say that Aaron Jones couldn't be racking up more yards or Jamal Williams couldn't be either, uh, because I think they're both very talented backs, but, um, 
they're not overcomplicating things. And something that I feel like I see NFL head coaches do an awful lot is outsmart themselves. And that's something that I don't think LeFleur really, you know, is prone to or has been prone to over the last two seasons. And instead what we're seeing is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Put the ball in Rodgers' hands and uh, the pass can also open up the run. And that's what we seem to be seeing happen. And I expect more of the, more of the same uh, for a number of reasons. I think one of the reasons is, well, it, it ain't broke. <laughs> so keep throwing it. A Carolina weakness, a Green Bay Packers strength. Why wouldn't you, um, you know, throw the ball and make Carolina stop you? And, and, and number two, and I think this is a bit of a backdrop here, and certainly they're looking to win football games. But I, I brought it up last week. I'm going to bring it up again this week. I think Aaron Rodgers, I think this team is very cognizant of the fact that the 37-year-old quarterback um, is head-to-head with Mahomes for MVP. And, and I, again, I, I listen, they're looking to win football games. And if uh, throwing the football 30 times uh, isn't going to win you the game, they're not going to do that. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to figure out a way to win. But – uh, I do think that everybody's very cognizant of the fact that Rodgers um, has a chance to do something that's pretty unheard of, which is win his third MVP award. And, and I think that as long as Aaron Rodgers is getting it done, he's going to continue to throw the ball. The offensive line has been absolutely phenomenal keeping Rodgers off his back this season. And I expect more of the same against Carolina. So, um, you know, that's a long way for me to say, Wags, that, uh, you know, the run game is going to be sprinkled in. The run game is going to be relevant. Uh, we might have some nice uh, runs. But I do think that this is going to be an Aaron Rodgers-centric attack again this week. And I expect Rodgers to come out slinging it again and have another performance like we saw last week. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and I think they're going to definitely try to uh, continue to do some counteraction um, mm-hmm. and and see if they can uh, throw some extra blockers at a guy like Derek Brown. Um, and they've been very effective uh, running between the tackles uh, is where, frankly, we've been doing most of the damage. Uh, I think, you know, both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones uh, you said simplify things that can simplify the blocking. Um, and, you know, then they can attack the hole a, a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And both of them have been doing a, a very nice job of that. So um, making the most of those opportunities uh, and that will continue to keep things open in that play action. So um, I agree. I think they'll just keep trending kind of the same split that we've been seeing here for this last four or five games. Um, Dane, what about, you know, our secondary options? I guess technically, you know, we've been talking, talking, talking about um, wide receiver too, I think it seems like for a couple of yeah. years now. Um, it doesn't <laughs> seem to matter too much, uh, particularly when you have MVS step up and have a, a great performance like he had last week. Um, Alan Lazard's been, you know, uh, present, but um, a little quieter uh, since Definitely. he's come back from injury. Um, you know, has made some nice catches and, and some some good uh, third down plays, and I think he's got uh, at least one, if not two, touchdowns since he's come back. But um, you know, but we, not to discount this, but Robert Tunyon, I wouldn't call him a number two option in all situations, but really um, the way that he's been playing, uh, it, it, I think it 
if does this. Uh, he's definitely a very big option in the red zone. That's for sure. Uh, but it, I think, lessens the need to have that quote unquote every week number two. Um, and when you've got a guy like Aaron able to find guys open and spread the ball around, uh, all I'm concerned about is that he seems to be getting on the same page um, with a number of these guys. And that includes EQ as well, who hasn't made very many catches this week, this year, but um, it just seems like uh, they're all clicking a, a little bit more than they have the last couple of years. And so what do you think about that? Is, is this week, going to be uh, another uh, Devontae Adams show where he's putting up 120 yards and a touchdown <laughs> or two, and then it's just a mystery who that uh, other guy is going to be? Or do you think we could actually see a really big performance um, from, you know, a, a couple of these other guys? Wait, I have no idea. <laughs> and I think that's what makes them so good this year is, um, you know, Adams is, is Adams uh, pretty much every week here, but you never know who that number two guy is going to be. I, I mean, Tunyon is going into pretty rarefied air in Green Bay Packer lore at this point as a tight end. I mean, uh, he's one touchdown away from double digit tight end or uh, touchdowns from a tight end. I think only two other tight ends in Packer history have done that. It's Keith Jackson in 96 and Coffee, uh, I believe, in 83. So, you know, we're talking about some pretty uh, interesting and significant company for, for Big Bob Tunyon, but I think that um, you hit the nail on the head in the fact that I Aaron Rodgers is just spreading the ball around. It doesn't matter who he's throwing it to um, week in, week out. And, I, and I'm curious your take on this. Tavon Austin even got mixed in. I mean, the the guy's only been in Green Bay for a couple weeks, and, I mean, did you notice that as well? I mean, I thought he looked pretty darn good with the ball in his hands and the limited opportunities he had. Um, you know, I'm excited to have him on the roster, but, um, but shoot, I mean, that's another weapon that all of a sudden, you know, early in the game, Tavon's got the ball in his hands. It's like Rodgers doesn't seem to care, and, and I feel like in past seasons, Rodgers would really lock in on guys, and and he's still, of course, going to Devontae an awful lot because he has a lot of trust in him. But am I crazy, Wags, or is Rodgers just, like, spreading the ball around and just showing, like, a new level of trust in some of these wide receivers? Well, I definitely agree uh, that there is a new level of trust, but it it goes both ways, right? Because, yeah. um, you know, it's it's not just Rodgers having a, a, the trust. It's the wide receivers – you know, uh, getting on the same page and putting in the work and being in the right spot. Um, and if they do that, then of course Aaron's going to have to trust in them and give them the opportunities. So, um, you know, I don't want to take credit away from these guys and just say Aaron's, you know, decided to be more trustworthy and raise his play. These guys have done the work too. So, um, and I know that's not what you were implying. I just I, no, I, wanna, I hear you though. I think that's I, fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I just have a gut feeling, Dane. I don't know why, <laughs> uh, but I have a gut feeling this is going to be a week where we're talking about you know a huge performance from some of these secondary or tertiary guys. Um, mm-hmm. So I would not be surprised to see uh, EQ kind of make a little splash this week, kind of like MBS did last week. 
um, or Alan Lazard, or maybe both, um, or MVS have another, you know, a back-to-back performance that he has a, a mm-hmm. big impact on the game. Um, so I, I'm looking for two out of those three guys to maybe be a little bit more involved. I don't know why there's no reason to expect that. Um, there's no reason not to think it's going to be the Devante show again. Um, <laughs> and there's no reason not to try to make it the Devante and Aaron show and, and just continue to do what they're doing. Um, you said it earlier, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I, I just, for some reason, have a gut feeling that they're going to be the ones getting some bigger opportunities for whatever reason this week. So um, that will, I think, be a little teaser of what we can expect in, in some of our, our X-Factor predictions. With this Wiggs, and, and Wiggs, I, I want to um, uh, butt in uh, on that, too. Uh, just as we're talking about trust and we're talking about Rodgers, MVS, um, how impressive has this been? Because, I mean, week in and week out, I and I'll be completely candid on this podcast, I do not know what to expect from Valdez Scantling one week to the next. One week he will make an incredible catch the next week. Um, it'll be one of those where you're scratching your head going, you know, like the ball's on the ground and you thought he was going to catch the ball. Um, but for Rodgers to just consistently – go back to Valdez Gantling last week. And for Valdez Gantling, uh, to his credit and to your point, uh, this isn't just Rodgers. This is Valdez Gantling catching the ball, looking smooth. I mean, he, that touchdown catch was a thing of beauty. I mean, what do you make of that? Because, like, you know, as frustrating as the season at times can be with MVS, he is also showing why the Packers are not quitting on him because he does show tremendous upside. Well, I'll just come right out and say it. I mean, he's inconsistent. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. I, you know, it's, so I, I appreciate that, you know, the coaching staff and Aaron and, and again, MVS continue to put in the work together to, you know, um, to, to try to, uh, give him the opportunities and, and he's made the most of them last week. Um, you know, we'll see this week. Uh, and, and to be fair, just because he doesn't have six receptions for 85 yards every week like he did last week uh, doesn't mean he isn't doing his job or getting open. I, I mean, he may not be the uh, initial read or the initial target. There are some weeks he may just not be as involved in the game plan. Um, I think he also has really put in the work as a blocker. Um, and it's that's that's something that I don't think we were seeing from him in year one or year two was was uh, some of the little things. Um, you know, I, just thinking of, of the long run that Aaron Jones had a couple of weeks ago, and it was MBS that was, uh, you know, running step for step downfield, trying to throw his body in front and, and get that extra block. Uh, but he's been doing a lot of that at the line of scrimmage, too, mm-hmm. uh, down in and down out. Um, and it's easy to just go through the motions a little bit sometimes as, as a wide receiver, uh, when they're run, trying to run the ball. Um, but, um, you know, I, I want to give him a little bit of credit for doing the work. Um, if he can make, continue to just grind and make those incremental improvements, um, perhaps, uh, Aaron trying to get him involved underneath a little bit was by design as well, because where I think he really lost a lot of confidence last season was he he was just struggling 
um, with those deep passes. And we know he can, uh, you know, uh, get open with his speed downfield, but uh, he does seem to struggle a little bit um, high-pointing the football. Um, Mm -hmm. He he Mm -hmm. lacks a little bit of confidence, it would appear, in his hands. Um, He still needs to catch the ball a a lot of times with his arms or his body. Um, And you're you're not going to be as effective uh, when you're going downfield vertically. You really have to be able to go up and use your hands to bring down the ball um, and win those one-on-one battles. Um, So, you know, perhaps um, they've just decided we need to, you know, just let him, you know, get involved with some of the shorter uh, passing opportunities, crossing routes, et cetera. Um, That's allowed him to gain some confidence, gain a little bit of rhythm, um, and, uh, you know, know, certainly increase the number of opportunities he has. So, um, but that being said, (laughs) um, again, we do need to see that consistency week to week. So um, I I hope it's a good sign of things to come. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, so, Dane, do you have anything else offensively, um, or I guess just looking at this Panthers defense, any any other keys or any other callouts that you wanted to emphasize? I, I don't. I, I just think that this is another really um, strong spot for an Aaron Rodgers performance. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's. I'm not calling my shot on that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been doing it all year, but I just think that. He, this is another really big blow-up spot for Aaron Rodgers. And uh, how fortunate are we that, you know, I feel like more weeks than that we're sitting here going, oh, it's another week where Aaron Rodgers is going to blow up. <laughs> and then he does. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, uh, you, they play the games for a reason. Anything can happen. But I think that um, th- that Rodgers is going to have a very, very nice day on Saturday. All right. Fantastic. Well, I think it's time then. Uh, to do those X factors. Okay. Um, it's your turn to lead things off this week. Uh, who you got? I'm shaking it out here, Wags. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm, uh, loosening up here. Uh, X factor on the offensive side. I'm going to go, uh, we talked a lot about wide receivers and, and, and the tight end position, but I'm actually going to go with a running back. I'm going to go with Jamal Williams. Uh, not necessarily for his running performance. I think he's going to have a touchdown this week receiving. Uh, his pass blocking is going to continue to be stellar. Um, Jamal Williams is just one of my favorite players to watch on this Packers team week in and week out. He sticks his nose in there. He does everything that they ask of him. And uh, he does a lot of dirty work uh, in addition to doing some highlight reel uh, catches and runs. He, he just does – everything that they need him to do but this week is going to be a fun performance from him uh wags i think he's going to have about 40 yards rushing but um he's going to have one or two touchdowns from the packers i think that he's got nice soft hands out of the backfield uh the 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 panthers are not going to be able to keep up with the wide receivers certainly uh but jamal williams is going to be able to sneak out of the backfield rogers is going to find him um, and, and that's going to be just a, a fun thing to watch. So Jamal Williams is my X factor on the offensive side of the ball this week. All right. So two touchdowns you're predicting, one or two, but I'm going to hold you to two. Why not? Go so. go with two. Let's go with two. <laughs> we may as well. <laughs> All right. Well, I basically already uh, uh, stated I was doing one of these receivers, so I'm gonna, just yeah. going to run with that, and I've got EQ, Equinemia St. Brown, um, as my X factor this week. He's been pretty quiet. He hasn't been heavily involved. You know, he hasn't, 
you know, he's not going to you know, lead this group in snaps or anything of that nature. But uh, I, again, it's just a gut feeling, Dane. Uh, you mentioned they got Tavon Austin uh, a few touches last week. Um, and, but, I, I, you know, they're, they're going to spread the ball around, no doubt about it. I just feel like it's that point of the season. Uh, EQ has, has had a couple of, you know, smaller moments um, in the second half of the season. And I just feel like it's building up to um, an opportunity to, you know, I, perhaps not, you know, blow up, but I think he's going to have a moment. Uh, and uh, for some reason, I just have a gut feeling that it's going to be this week um, that we're going to see him be involved in a bigger way than he has been all season. So uh, EQ is going to be my X factor this week. I think he gets into the end zone um, and uh, has a, a more than just a couple of receptions this week. That's a great selection. I, I mean, he. I thought the first few games back from injury wags, he looked he looked like a guy who hadn't played football in a year, right? I mean, that that's what he looked like to me at least. But I think that as the season has worn on, he has looked more and more fluid. And uh, and last week, trying to hurdle over those defenders, you know, uh, with the ball in his hands and doing some of those things, I think that's a really good selection because it seems like the uh, kind of uh, guy that Rogers is going to be looking to more and more as he gets in. You know, I think more settled in, um, you know, after, after um, you know, starting the year with the, the injury designation. Absolutely. So um, how, what do you got on the defensive side of the ball? You got anyone for an X factor this week? I do, eggs, and I'm going to go back-to-back weeks um, with Kingsley Kiki, uh, the defensive lineman. Um, so looking at the snap totals from, from last week, this is the most snaps this young man's ever played. He played 36 snaps. Uh, he actually outsnapped Dean Lowry last week uh, along the defensive line, and uh, in that time he was able to uh, get a hit on Stafford. He broke up a pass. Um, so I, I think that Kiki is going to be able to continue to just cause a little bit of mayhem uh, the interior of, of the uh, Carolina Panthers offensive line. Uh, I don't have any stat predictions for you, but I really like what he's been able to do for us. Uh, so Kingsley Kiki is going to be my defensive X factor, and I'm hoping that he can make a splash play, a forced fumble, a sna- or, uh, uh, some kind of sack, something along those lines for us this week. But he's going to be my guy. <laughs> Dan, uh, you did it again, or I say we did it again. You stole my guy. Um, I'm not, I'm <laughs> no not, way. Yeah, I had Kingsley Creaky circled. Um, I didn't think you were going to do him two Amazing. weeks in a row, but I was really expecting <laughs> a big performance. But you know what? I'm going to pivot a little bit. Let's spread the love. Um, you were calling uh, Kevin King uh, to, to perhaps bounce back and step up a little bit. So I am going to go completely half uh, glass half full, uh, and say Kevin King, uh, you know, he led the team with five interceptions last year, um, just hasn't had that level of playmaking impact so far this season. Uh, you know, you're absolutely right that he has seemed to, to struggle a, a little bit, uh, since he came back from injury uh, in the second half of the season. Uh, but, um, uh, this is not an easy matchup. Um, so I'm not, a, uh, a calling for Kevin King to, 
you know, have a shutdown performance this week. But I just feel like he can make an impact by making a play uh, and getting an interception this week. So I'm going to go with Kevin King uh, to uh, make uh, a little bit of a turnaround and uh, give this Packers defensive lift um, as uh, my defensive X factor this week. Wags, I love it. I mean, I really do. I think that's a great selection, and um, I, I hope I hope Kevin King has just a monster game for us. I, I think that if he has a big game or if he's able to lock down the, the Carolina wide receivers, I mean, game over. I really do, because Jai Alexander is all pro uh, as far as I'm concerned. So if King can have a nice performance, we're playing great football on the defensive side of the ball. Yep, uh, absolutely. So, Dane? It's prediction time, and, uh, you know, this is one that you look at it on paper. Uh, we said at the top, 4-9 and nine Panthers versus 10-3 and three Packers. Uh, you uh, would expect, just looking at it, the Packers uh, at home in December at Lambeau, uh, the Panthers uh, continue to be without their most dynamic uh, offensive player uh, and one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the NFL, uh, and say, well, uh, the Packers should win this one going away. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but Dane, it's time for us to predict, um, <laughs> and I'm going to let you decide. Are you going to predict a, a big win? Is this going to be just a, kind of a comfortable margin, or is this going to be a nail-biter? <laughs> I like that, uh, Wags. Well, A, I love our podcast. Um, I like that the, the two options are, is it a big win, a comfortable win, or a nail-biter? Uh, but there's no other option, which is good. Um, <laughs> um, well, I think well, it's going gonna... to... That's called an, an option close. We're, we're, we're going uh, no option for a loss. That, that's not on the table right now. If that's not on the table, and I love that so much about this pod. Um, so a couple things. I think that um, um, one other prediction I have, not an X factor, but just a prediction um, that I want to slide in here. Uh, uh, Dominic uh, Daphne, tight end, number 49. He's been called up to the active roster a week ago. I think he's going to have his first catch next week, or excuse me, this week. Um, he had 12 uh, snaps after six snaps the week before. He's trending in that direction. Seems like he was a fullback. He's an H-back. I just want to throw that out there. I really do think he's going to uh, contribute with the reception this week. Now, uh, talking, Wags, about uh, my prediction of the game, uh, I think it's going to be a reasonably close game, but... I think that Carolina is going to go down probably in the third quarter. The Packers are so good uh, at stacking second quarter to third quarter, um, and meaning that the, the Packers end the, the, the half with the ball and then start the, the second half with the ball. If they have an opportunity to do that, I think game over uh, before this game even begins. Um, just uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be out there. I, I expect another four touchdown performance from Aaron Rodgers. It's becoming almost routine for him, which is absurd uh, with how good he's been. But my score prediction, Wags, is 34-23 Packers over the Carolina Panthers. Um, Rodgers slings the ball. Uh, all over the field. Mason Crosby, I think, kicks a couple field goals for us. Carolina plays a little bit of catch-up, uh, gets a touchdown late. But, uh, honestly, 
we're feeling really good throughout the game. And, um, you know, maybe Carolina makes it a little more interesting late, kind of a la Eagles or a la Detroit, but um, it's not actually that close. And the Packers um, have this one in the bag. So, again, 34-23, Packers win, go to 11-3. and this is getting a little scary because I don't oh, know how no. many weeks in a row we've been like almost the same score. It's, just, it's, it's kind of frightening. Um, I, I don't know what to say other than I had written down 35 to 22. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, the only difference I have is that I don't think Mason Crosby is going to have to do anything but trot out and attempt extra points this week. Um, so, it's going to be uh, four touchdown passes for Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Uh, he's going to continue to pile it on uh, in his run for this MVP campaign. Um, and I just put 22 out there as a quirky number. It just seems like this Panthers team is is a, a little bit of a, a quirky team. And I don't mean that uh, disparagingly, uh, uh, but uh, for some reason, I think they're going to uh, try for two, a time or two, um, trying to catch up or keep up with this Packers offense. So um, <laughs> I, I, that seems to be my margin of victory. I, I do think the Packers are going to force a couple of turnovers in this game as well uh, to give them a, a little bit of that comfortable advantage uh, by that second or third quarter. I like that you called out uh, that the Packers have been able to really flip things um, in that second, third quarter uh, window. Uh, but I would sure like to see them get out to a fast start and just get ahead. I, you know, I'm not saying that this is going to be a blowout by any means, because I think this Panthers team, um, despite the record, is well coached. Uh, yeah. They've got some some solid NFL players uh, on this roster, uh, and, and, and they're going to be able to do some things. So, um so they'll be competitive, but uh, I do think uh, the Packers are able to take care of business this week, uh, cover the line, and um, uh, take advantage of a couple of Carolina turnovers as well. Listen, I, I, Wags, this is getting almost creepy uh, with with our with our score predictions. I can't believe it. And folks, I promise you, we do not talk ahead of this about our predictions at all. So this is just wild. But, uh, Wags, I'm going to be happy with either of our scores. I just want another win. I want to get out of this game healthy. Um, and if we can get to 11-3, and three, uh, I'm going to be absolutely ecstatic, especially if the Chiefs can take care of business and beat the Saints uh, this week because that would mean that the Packers um, – really theoretically have a two game advantage over the over the Saints and and we're really taking the lead with uh, having the number 1 seed in the playoffs in the NFC. Sure, absolutely. I mean there's some other uh key games that are going to be going on this week and, and certainly while I would not expect all of them to go our way um I I I certainly am not going to be surprised if a couple of the other teams that are kind of in that uh, picture playing for a top seed fall this week. So mm-hmm. in a weird way, this is every game's important, but now with, with three games left on the schedule in the regular season, we're in that driver's seat. Let's take care yeah. of business. We control our own destiny. Um, go out there and get a win on Saturday uh, and then just sit back and, and enjoy Sunday and see how things break. Um, if if uh, we get, Things to really break our way uh, with the, a Saints loss to the Chiefs, uh, and a, in addition to maybe uh, that Washington football team, uh, yeah. you know, 
getting a surprise win. So there could be a number of things that happen that, that really uh, help out the Packers uh, on Sunday. And, and then now there's only two games left. Um, so, um, you know, certainly uh, you don't want to drop this one this week. And Carolina is not going to just hand it to us either. So, um, you know, get it, get out there early on Saturday in prime time, take care of business, get a win, uh, and then you're one step closer securing that uh, number one seed and having the only buy uh, in this this year's playoffs. I think that's um, uh, key, is, is that can be a pretty significant advantage uh, if they're able Blake, to take care of it. Huge point right there, two huge points, I, I think. Number one, this is on national TV, and I think that Devontae Adams wants to prove something. I think he wants to prove that he's the best receiver in football, and he wants everybody in America watching. So um, that that's one, uh, that prime time, and obviously Rodgers' scenario with the MVP. But two, that lone buy, um, of course, the expanded playoff with, with everything that's going on this season, um, meaning that the only the one seed gets that. Um, Blake, I mean, how important is that? I mean, I, I, I think that's a pretty remarkable thing. If you are the only team with a buy uh, and then everybody's got to come to you, I mean, I think this is the biggest advantage you, you could ever have in, in in the NFL playoffs at this point is, is having that. So um, I just – I can't believe in, in some respects I'm pinching myself that the Packers are in the driver's seat because – um, it is so paramount, I think, this year to get that number one seed. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's not like the one and two seed wins uh, those divisional yeah. games all the time. Uh, right. So, uh, you know, they're, they're going to get a tough opponent either way, but um, they do win the majority of them. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're the only one that gets that advantage, uh, man, then – uh, when you get to the NFC Championship game, you're basically automatically assured of facing an opponent that has had to have an extra playoff game yeah. versus in a normal season. That might not necessarily be the case. So it, it's it's pretty significant. I, I really believe it's going to be pretty significant. And look, we don't want to look too far ahead and get ahead of ourselves here, but it's hard it's hard to ignore um, what the situation is and and what the Packers have in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Wags, I mean, I'm ready for football. Football Saturday. Uh, throw it all out this week. And, uh, folks, follow us on Instagram and on Facebook and on, on Twitter. And, and please rate us and like us and download us and share us with your friends and do all that great stuff. But uh, this is always a pleasure. I love doing this podcast, Wags. And, and how fun is this? Uh, uh, NFC North championship two years in a row, Green Bay Packers. Uh, it's just a blast to do this podcast. Absolutely. Um, so uh, let's just uh, say it, uh, Packers, Please don't let us down this week. Um, <laughs> I really, I really, really uh, need need to have something to continue to be happy about yeah. uh, this weekend. And um, you know, it, it seems like this is a bridge game. We go out there, get a win, and I just, I just feel like it's going to. Uh, by the time things are all said and done on Sunday, if, if we're able to see that happen, we're going to see one or two teams that are, are chasing that uh, one seed uh, probably realistically fall out of the equation. Um, so it's going to be – I'm excited to see what happens. 
Um, and, um, and, uh, the Packers, I think are going to go out there and, and, uh, really be ready to go. I think those early season struggles at home are behind them. So Dan, yeah. I think lest we just keep rambling on about how excited we are for this game, it's, <laughs> it's about time to wrap things up. Um, so, um, folks say it with us as always, go pack, go, go pack, go.